and welcome to the first episode of our podcast series called Who Am I? Here we will deal with the issues of identity, our place and our responsibilities in society and the world. I'm your host, Mushrika Bota. In our first episode, we deal with the issue of Black Lives Matter, a movement that was highlighted and brought to the fore again by the death of George Floyd, a black American male at the hands of and well, actually the knees of um, white police officers. This resulted in protests not only in America, but around the world. With me today, I have Clamella Swartz, a 22-year-old black South African male, to share his thoughts on this. Welcome, Clamella. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. I feel very welcomed. <laughs> Clamella, to create some context, um, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, well, I'm Clamella Swartz. I'm 22. You already heard that. I grew up in South Africa. Um, my parents are divorced, so I moved city to city. I went to a lot of schools, seven schools in total, um, counting from primary to um, matric. And yeah, I'm just a, I'm a black man, I'm an African, and I'm someone who's concerned about the future of our country, uh, the future of our world, and everything that's involved within it. Clemelo, do you consider yourself a privileged black man in the South African context? Yes, in the South African context, definitely amongst black people go, um, or as far as black people go, yes, I'm definitely privileged within that black space because most of our country um, lives in poverty. So um, if you compare myself to people who are living in certain communities, which people consider ghettos, um, certain communities like Kailicha, certain you know, I'm very privileged because my upbringing was very different from the actual reality, which most of our South Africans face. So, yes, I am a privileged black male. But that is a huge acknowledgement to make. Um, do you find that within that acknowledgement comes a better insight to what ordinary black South Africans are experiencing? Of course. If I never acknowledge that, how would I know the lives of others? Because if I don't acknowledge that, I only look at what's happening around my circles, around the people that I know. If I don't break down that wall of privilege or that bubble or burst that bubble of privilege, I'll never see what's beyond that. I'll never be able to educate it or to be educated on other people's experiences, know how people live, um, especially if I don't integrate myself in their society. If I just stay in my own bubble, I'm only going to know what's around me. There's no way I'll be able to know how other people live and how other people act and so on. And once we do that, um, we speak from a vantage point of not only ignorance, but arrogance. Mm. So what does Black Lives Matter mean to you? Black Lives Matter to me means so much because you have to understand that there is, I don't know, so much inequality in this world when it comes to just the fact of how you look, you know, your profile, how you're profiled as a black person, how black people are treated, how black people are killed, how they're treated in the workplace, how they're treated, you know, growing up in a school system, even um, your peers, wherever you go, you just feel that you're different from everyone else or you feel that you're worthless to a certain extent um, or you're not as worthy as someone else because of the color of your skin, how your hair looks, how you speak. Um, you always have to integrate yourself into the system which has been, you know, created by white people. So if you don't um, pretty much align with those standards or if you don't sound like them or if you don't like the same things like them, it's almost as if 
you know, you're an outsider or you're not worthy enough. So Black Lives Matter to me means, you know, loving yourself as a black person. Because for such a long time, we have been taught not to love ourselves, not to love this, how, you know, the skin color, um, our skin color, how dark we are. Um, they've always been Western beauty ideals and all these kind of things. And only now we're in the state where we're starting to appreciate ourselves. And it just means, I don't know, understanding that there are other people who are going through, um, you know, different things. But- doesn't shouldn't Black Lives Matter then mean something different um, in America than it does in South Africa? Because in South Africa, um, the majority of the people in the country are black. Mm. Well, yeah, like the things that with the whole thing with like America and South Africa, America, well, South Africa really looks up to America because and this is, this is of the culture. Thing I, I have yeah. to ask, uh, why did? South Africa need George Floyd to take the Black Lives Matter movement seriously? Yeah, that's a very good question because South Africans really grow up, um, well, the media around the world in terms of what we consume when it comes to magazines, when it comes to movies, series, music, it's really controlled by America mostly. So that's how we were raised growing up. So we've really been connected to Americans in a different way. We've taken their culture even within ourselves. We listen to their music. So when something happens to them and they feel something, it's almost as if we also get a scar. It's almost as if we feel exactly what they're going through. And because it's such a big powerhouse of a country, um, almost the same size as like our continent, because it's so big, things spread faster, news spreads faster within it, things trend. Every, like the media is just much more, you know, effective when it comes to that. So when we saw that, it was all over our cell phones because, you know, the media is created by them and everything and it's it's controlled by them rather. Um, so yeah, that's what we received. So if it took the George Floyd matter to spark interest in Black Lives Matter, how would you then make people understand your idea of what the concept of Black Lives Matter means in terms of all lives matter? Because that's where we are now. We are at the Black Lives Matter. It seems to be we at Black Lives Matter versus all lives matter. It seems that all lives matter is in competition with mm. Black Lives Matter. Um, how would you, what, what would you say to that? I would use an analogy. Um, if you have four kids, four children, who, you know, they're all healthy, all fine, and one of them ends up falling and grazing their knee, um, very hard. You will not give a plaster or bandage all of those kids because that would not make sense. You will only do that to the person who is hurting at that moment. And the thing is that people like to bring up this and that and that, but it's like what's happening right now. Focus on the issue at hand, focus on what it's like. Oh no, this one could get hurt at some point. So let's also give them plus a note. This one is hurt right now. Focus on what's happening right now and stop, you know, um, making excuses for the other people. Um, also, um, to make it, I think, somehow a little bit more urgent. In my mm-hmm. mind, it's sort of all lives matter is like saying all houses matter. 
Um, but there's one house in your street that is on fire. Exactly the same thing. You know, um, you gonna... they're looking at it maybe just a little bit more urgent than the scrape on the knee. Yeah. Um, but also, I do think that uh, when we say Black Lives Matter, um, the All Lives Matter movement somehow tends to think that Black Lives Matter diminishes the lives of other people, which in fact I don't think is the case. When someone says, when people say Black Lives Matter, they're trying to empower people who are disadvantaged, people who have been at, who are minorities. It's not a thing of saying that white lives don't matter, that these lives don't matter or whatever lives don't matter. It's a thing of trying to empower those lives because those lives are at a point of disadvantage and they are being attacked and there's so much that's happening around that. So when you say black lives matter, it's not, it doesn't mean that no other lives matter. That would make, that makes no sense. You know what I mean? And people take the hashtag a lot of the time and take it for face value, but educate yourself on the history of why people are where they are. And you'll understand why people say black lives matter because it's a systemic thing, which has been engraved in us over centuries and centuries and centuries that you don't matter and that you can't have these opportunities and that you are denied certain opportunities because of the color of your skin and that you cannot get certain you know home loans and like it it's it's huge it's 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 such yeah, a huge I don't thing think you have it's to only about i don't only think it's about um the actual um death of george floyd and i think that is something that we need to be cognizant of it is about a um denial of opportunities it is about a um non-consideration of identity it mm. is about far more than george floyd being killed uh, yeah. in america um but do you think it helps us at all to be having this conversations amongst ourselves? We can't. We can't. The thing is that, like, black people have been saying this for the longest time, that Black Lives Matter through different forms of protest throughout the years. They have been trying to get the acknowledgement that they need or the place that they need in society in order to function in society just like everyone else. But they've been having these conversations not only amongst themselves, but they've been having it as a black person to a white person because that white person currently, well, held that power and in this but, but economy even, that we're in as, still as holds a, the power. As, a, as, a, as a young, privileged 22-year-old black male, um, you're having this conversation with your 22-year-old white friend is not going to give the same... Uh, you're speaking from two different vantage points. Will they ever, do you feel, um, where is that connect going to come from? In that platform or should we be um, creating other platforms for it? So look, like, I like how you mentioned um, the fact that I have, let's say, white friends around me, right? There's certain white friends who I've had this com these kind of conversations with and try to, it's easier to listen to someone who you're familiar with. So because they see me as one of them in inverted commas, um, it's easier for me to get through to them, but it would be much easier for another white peer of theirs to get through to them because it's all about familiarity. But it's it's if you look like me, I will listen to you. And it's the same with- um, Gender-based violence. Gen yeah, exactly. It's the same with gender-based violence. It's the same as um, we don't, as women, we don't need, um, we don't need- You don't need any more women fighting no, for women's I need, rights. No, we now need, need the men. men 
to be standing up and for the men to be discussing this amongst because themselves the and to be taking hands. responsibility amongst themselves and for um, themselves. And it comes to the conversations that you have within your, you know, your own societies, your own groups. As men, men need to have the conversations with men because men listen to men. It sucks that it's that way, but that's how it is. The same way white people need to have those conversations with their own white people and within those, you know, groups and societies because that's what's actually going to make the change. Um, and the change won't just happen from me speaking to them or anyone else who's of color speaking to them. It's going to happen if they have these arguments amongst themselves. That's what's going to change this, you know, movement. Um yeah, you need people to do more than just posting. People aren't even posting about this. How many people did you see post at Black Square um, when the time came? How many people did you see speak out? Like, at least we haven't even gotten to the first stage of people speaking out properly. If you look at the protests of the Black Lives Matter movements, how many of those people who are there are non-Black people? If we are looking at uh, America and we now look at it in a South African context, do you think our revolutionary moment or revolutionary movement um, in terms of Black Lives Matter is still coming? Yes, yes. We haven't had it on the mass scale that America has. And America, there's a lot that's changing. Like there's so much that's changing in terms of police reform, in terms of um, the different... um, policies that are being put in place right now there's a lot that's changing in comparison like to the previous black lives matter um movements and marches and everything that happened before we are starting to see a lot of change statues are being taken down racist statues are being taken down um there's this whole thing about defunding the police um and there's a whole meaning behind you know actually defunding the police why are you going to do that um because you know america focuses a lot of their money on police police um systemically were used to um, police slaves black slaves and there's a lot of things which haven't changed within that and that mentality is still there and how they treat ordinary black people right now in this world so there's so much that's actually changing that side and that's moving forward um another thing we have to realize is that they're in a first world country um their conditions in terms of you know in relation to the conditions of our black people um are very different um and i still think a lot of our black people have to get out of their comfort zone because the there's still the, the black privilege within you know black people that still has to be broken down and those people to be like fighting and there's still people who don't even have the chance to fight because they're living in poverty like extreme poverty like poverty in america is different from poverty in south africa Absolutely. so there's still like so much that has to be changed um, in order for that to happen. Yeah, we also have to remember that we're actually in a fledgling um, democracy. I love the way that people are always sort of, oh, well, this has gone wrong and this has gone wrong and this has gone wrong. And we're actually looking at taking 30 years um, of mindset um, against 400 years. Um, people are like, oh, the ANC, what have they done in 30 years? Have you even been about what the ANC has been about? Have you been on the side of change? Have you wanted that change to happen? Someone will say BE and already you're up in arms. You don't even know why you're up in arms. But as soon as you hear something that's trying to uplift people of color, you think it's an attack on you. But that's not the case. 
you need to educate yourself because as soon as you say things like that, it really makes you seem ignorant and it makes you seem like you're someone who doesn't want um, black people to flourish and it immediately puts you in a certain group of people um, who are against, you know, um, black lives. Kumelo, this has been a very, very interesting conversation. I can't wait for our next episode next week um, because Black Lives Matter is not only about George Floyd. Black Lives Matter affects every person of color, and not only in South Africa and America, but around the world. So um, I'm hoping to have you back next week. We will continue this conversation. I'm excited for it. Thanks, guys, for tuning in to Who Am I? Please tune in next week for part two. Uh, I'm your host, Kushika Buta. Check you out then. Bye.